Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, do you ever experience those times or seasons in your life where you wrestle with the need for change and it can cause our narrative uh, or just how we see things to get messy? It affects our heart, which then leads to a change in our actions. Or we just can't figure out what exactly we are looking for or striving for. Uh, I have the honor of meeting once a week with college girls. And recently one mentioned, I'm really happy, but I'm not sure it's the right kind of happy. And I took that as it's a shallow happiness. It's fun in the moment. But when you are alone in your thoughts, you know God has something bigger for you. Something that is more about your holiness rather than your, your happiness. So before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. And Lisa is actually in the Holy Lands right now as we speak. So hopefully she's praying for me and my holiness. But we want to rally you today to do the remarkable and to be intentional with the talents God has given you. So helping us rally today is Andrew Nichols, co-editor of Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. Andrew is a former doctor and pastor who is now director of pastoral care at Oak Hill Theological College in London. And Andrew is coming to us today from London. So what a privilege this is to hear from him. Welcome, Andrew. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to be with you. And yes, I am in I am in North London and uh it's just the, the the sun is just set. Um, we're in winter time here now, so it's pretty pretty cold and dark. But it's great to be with you. <laughs> great to be with you. It's cold and dark, and I would love 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 to be in London right now. Um, but Andrew, tell us about uh, this book, and you you have shared a little bit about the book that Jesus. It's it's a Jesus centered model. And how crucial that is, obviously, for our life and especially for the growth of the church. And often we don't um, focus on that. So tell us a little bit more about why you wanted to co be a co-editor for this particular book. Thanks, Patty. Yes, I, I, um, I guess since I became a Christian, I've known that God is the center of the universe. And I've known that you know, the, the best life there is, is the one lived with God at the center of my life. But to get from where we start out to living with God at the center of your life uh, is not straightforward, is it? It's a, it's, um, I, I don't think I really understood how we really became more like Jesus and really grew in our relationship with God until I began uh, thinking uh, in a way that actually it was it was some some folk in Philadelphia at the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. I did a course with with them that that lasted um, twelve weeks, and it was it was it needed at least a day a week to study, and it was absolutely fantastic and life changing. And one of the things I finished that course with, with was the conviction that I wanted everybody to have access to this kind of material. Um, and real change is our attempt to try and 
condense the heart of that uh, material into something which uh, can be accessible in a much shorter course and a much shorter span to anybody who wants to sit down and give the issue some time and some prayer and some serious conversation. So, so the, my question is, how does our knowledge of God's promises affect how we think about biblical change? And, and I'm saying that with maybe a different narrative in my head. Mm. I, I've grown up in the church. I've grown up, you know, most of my family does ministry. And mm. through that, I have seen a lot of really godly people that spend the majority of their life studying God's word. And this sounds very judgmental and very hypercritical, <laughs> but I haven't necessarily seen them uh, like act out and have that, the mercy that Jesus shows and, and the non-judgment. Mm -hmm. And, and in, in one hand, you're actually seeing this really affect the church because yeah. it does come, come across as very judgmental, almost like we put the Bible and, and I, I want to preface this cause it can it can be taken the wrong way in the way I'm going to say this. So hopefully you'll be able to de decode it for me, Andrew. We take the Bible over Jesus. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I get what you mean. It ought to be impossible because, of course, the Bible's there to, to show us Jesus and, and, and give us a relationship with Jesus. But I think sometimes when we come to the Bible to find out how right we are, or if we come to the Bible to find out how wrong somebody else is, uh, then uh, we we need God's help. We need the help of somebody who loves us to say, do you know, uh, really what's at the heart of the Bible is God offering himself to you in relationship. And uh, that relationship is uh, utterly life transforming. So to uh, really get to know God in his holiness, to get to know God in his power, to get to know the kind of promises that this amazing God makes to people like you and me uh, is, well, one of the main things is, is very humbling. Um, and it's that, um, you know, not just having the Bible in order to, to use it for, for somebody else, but first and foremost, having the Bible as a treasure because of the relationship that God establishes with me in there. Uh, that, that's well i think that's the only safe way to, to come at it otherwise you do become i mean i've met them too and i've probably uh, been one um you know the kind of person who yeah who, who knows a writer answer and thinks that's what it's about it's not that it's about walking more closely with christ and of course he had all the right answers but how wonderful it was to spend time with him um for the for the broken and the you know the needy people uh, they they weren't beaten over the head with the right answers they were welcomed with with gracious arms of love uh, and the people that Jesus was firmest with was the people who had all the wrong answers. Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate how you said that. It is very humbling, and having God's word as a treasure because of the relationship. Yeah. It's not because of I'm going to use this against you. And and this there was a situation I had a gal on my team, and we we laugh about it now, so that's why I can share it. But mm. I. Significant and important to talk about some of this. Like you said, you might have been one of those people. I know I am at times because yeah. I'm so adamant that this is the way it, you know, it, it says it right here in scripture. How do you not see this? You know, yeah. and we have a tendency to be it's so in their face rather than let the letting the Holy Spirit move them. 
But in, in this particular situation, uh, she wanted our team to go climb this mountain and pray. And for, because of time, we weren't able to climb the mountain and pray. And I, we kind of got into a disagreement about this. And it was absolutely, we're going to do this. This needs to be our, our number one thing. Obviously, you don't care about this prayer time if you can't make it happen to get up here on this mountain and pray. And I had daycare and, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's real life situations here yeah, that you're dealing it. with. And it was like, I, I really don't have an option here. Um, I, I have a daycare provider that's telling me I need to be back at a certain time and I need to respect that. And she came back and sent me all the verses of when, you know, like Moses and all the, all the times that you go up on the mountain and pray yeah. and how significant it is. And uh, I just thought, okay, we we do that. And, and I love how you said it. When we want to prove ourselves right, yeah. rather than with the right heart and the intention of how we're yeah. using uh, Scripture. Well, so, the thing is, you see, I mean, it, uh, one of the ways we, we get Scripture wrong sometimes is we is we try and pretend that we're Moses or that we're Jesus. And the fact is, if if, if God made an appointment for me at the top of a mountain where he was going to give me the Ten Commandments, he'd arrange my child care. Um, you know, uh, but actually, uh, actually, we don't grow by being summoned up onto Mount Sinai. Um, we he 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 works in our life with the people that we are and the details that we are. And one of the things that um, is at the heart of this course is um, what is really going on in your life. Um, where is God leading you right now? Where today? Where have you been today? What experiences are he leading you through? What's really hard at the moment? What blessings are you are you walking through at the moment? And it's so it's. It's trying to um, uh, connect uh, real life, what's really going on with what it means to grow in Christ, not just if only you were in a different stage of life, then you could really grow. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to bypass you for someone who's more available or someone who's more prayerful or someone who's more godly. It's for all of us. Mm. So, yeah, so, so significant. And And how long did it take you? Well, tell us the story. We have we have a couple minutes before we go into a commercial break, but oh. tell us a story of how this even became a part of your life, because you, you, you were the co-editor yeah. with this well, book. So the book was already written, correct? No. Well, um, so what happened was I, I did came across this material, as I said, in a different context, a series of lectures. And uh, um, so in that sense, the, the material was already, already out there. What, what I did was um, with my good friend Helen Thorne. We 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 at that time we were in church together in Southwest London in Wimbledon, um, and uh, I had a go at putting together six evenings that would get the core of the material um, into that span, with a little bit of homework for people to do in the weeks in between. And I I, I produced the course. I I taught it and I videoed it so that she could see it and she could write the leader's guide because she's, she's done this kind of thing before. She's clever. She knows about writing. And she said, uh, the one thing you mustn't do is have the same person write the material as write the leader's guide because she she would help other people who were coming across it decode what was going on in my head that I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do. So she, um, she and I together um, produced... Uh, this material, which we've used a number of times in our in our church, and um, I've been struck each time that people have said it's been it's been hugely significant for them because 
it's the same gospel that they know from the Bible. It's the same truths they're hearing from the pulpit. But it's the, it's the first time for many that they've actually thought about what it looks like when you're taking out the trash uh, to be a Christian, what it looks like when you're um, having a conversation over dinner and um, your wife or husband says something that's a little bit irritating. Um, they've not thought about it in that kind of detail before because it's felt like Christianity has been about the really big things, about uh, what happens when you die and helping you choose who you marry. And, of course, the reality is Christianity is about every every 30-second window of our day. Um, and on that note, we're going to go This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. According to the American Cancer Society, over 240,000 men will develop prostate cancer this year. Many men will also be diagnosed with an enlarged prostate. BPH is a non-cancerous increase in the size and number of cells that make up the prostate. Harvard Medical School recommends exercise for prostate cancer prevention. They state that regular exercise pairs down your risk of developing some deadly problems, including heart disease, stroke, and certain types of cancers. And although few studies have directly assessed the impact of exercise on prostate health, those that have been done have concluded that exercise is beneficial. If you are a man, take the advice of reputable health institutions and make daily exercise your mode of operation. Not only are you defending yourself against most cancers, you're also increasing your quality of life. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are chatting with Andrew Nichols, a former doctor and pastor who is now director of pastoral care at Oak Hill Theological College in London. And he is married to Hillary and they have two children. And he just right now is releasing a book called Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. And Andrew, I love what you said, how... What you're doing is it's the same gospel, same truth, but what does it look like in our everyday life? And, you know, even when you're taking out the trash, that's so significant. We have a tendency to, we go to church, we sit in the pew, we soak it all in, 
and perhaps we'll take some of that that we soak in and we might go serve somewhere at church that day. But then we have to go out and we have to live our week and we do have to see people. And like you said, we might get annoyed with a spouse, family member, coworker. Then this is when we need to be applying it. So what does that look like? And especially when you take out the trash. Well, um, I, I remember one evening and it could have actually been any evening. It's happened so often. I, I, we, we have to sort our trash into um, different kinds of waste and it gets collected in different receptacles and the, uh, plastic and the glass and the tin cans and so on are put on a and it were put in a big green crate, which as usual by the end of the week when we needed to put it out was too full. And so I was trying to pick it up with several plastic bottles balanced on the top of the crate. And I got through as far as the front door and I opened the front door to take it out through that and one of the plastic bottles fell off and I picked it up, put it back on again, and it fell off again, and I picked it up, put it back on again. And the third time it fell off, I I, I went out loud, I was cross. Um, and then I started thinking, because it was around the time I was doing one of these courses, I started thinking, why have I just got cross? Uh, gravity, this happens, you know, that it's, it happens to all of us. Why? And I realized that I wasn't just cross at gravity. I was cross with whoever I imagined had overfilled the crate and made my life difficult. I was actually, I was actually cross that if I put a bottle back on the top of the crate, that I couldn't stop it falling off. I, uh, and, uh, it, I began to realize that not very far below the surface, I, I, I tend to think of myself as basically a patient person, but you put me in a situation like that and my patience evaporates and I get cross. And I realized that there was an opportunity in that moment and it was God's kindness that I did realize it. And I'm sure it's because I was doing the course having to God at the time, but I realized that I had an opportunity then to, um, to well, frankly, to repent, to um, acknowledge my weakness that, I was going to be subject to the same rules of gravity as everybody else in the universe. And that's because I was the same as everybody else in the universe, that, that I had an opportunity to serve my wife in taking out the stuff, to serve my family. To take, and that was a great thing to do, that Jesus is the master servant, and I could follow him a little bit by doing this without getting angry. And, you know, when you start making these connections, it can feel a bit, um, a bit artificial, a bit trite. But when you realize the seriousness of the stuff that's going on in your heart, the, the seriousness of the attitude that you're growing towards other people and just a flash of irritation, um, actually, it needs something big to take them in hand. And the gospel of Jesus is, is, is there for that. So I'm more conscious now when I take out the, actually, we call it rubbish over here. When I take out the trash, um, <laughs> I'm more conscious that, I'm, that I can, even in that tiny little moment of very ordinary life, I can be a little bit more like Jesus, a little bit more servant-hearted. Um, a little bit more humble. You know, and it's, it's interesting, you know, like you say, in the moment of rubble is when you started realizing it's these yeah. little things. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I'm a corporate trainer, and mm. lately I've been training a lot on negotiations. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because everything about negotiations is finding out as much as you possibly can about the other party, you know, what's in it for them. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, asking significant questions. And it was, it was that same thing, you know, about, like you said, with gravity, mine was, okay, this is what Jesus did. He did everything by asking questions and telling stories. And yet we don't necessarily try to model that. Mm -hmm. And getting to know every single individual as, as, as much as we possibly can, because it is all about the relationships. 
And it's about listening empathetically and finding out truly where this person is coming from. And that, you know, here I am midway through my life going, oh, I don't think I ask enough questions. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I love that how God just speaks to you and opens up your eyes to go, you know what? This is a way you can be more like me. Yeah. And it, and it relates to one of the things that's, that's I think, most important in this course is that, um, you know, if we really want to change, uh, it's not just about finding things in my life that I want to do differently. It's about working out where my behavior is coming from, what's going on in my heart, and how that's expressed, how I'm expressing my relationship with God in everything I do. And sometimes I can just be completely ignoring him. Um, sometimes I can be rebelling against him in the way I treat other people that he's put in my life. Um, and uh, it's that it's that thing of the, the little details and reveal big stuff going on under the surface. And it's having the course creates a bit of time and space to stop and slow down and think through on our own and share a little bit of it with somebody else. What's really going on in my heart under the surface? And you're right, asking good questions of myself, um, really good questions, is uh, is a really important part of that. Mm. Well, how is this book intended to to be used? Like, in what settings have you used? You shared a little bit about using the material yourself. Yeah. Expand. Yeah, well, there's, oh, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. And if you have a, a good friend um, and the, the two of you want to, want to do something together to, to think about maybe how I might grow as a Christian or to look at something that's that's you're finding hard at the moment, two people could sit down um, and, and work through this material together um, and if you know someone really well, you could probably even do the homework bits together. It's, it's designed that you kind of you meet up once a week and um, you do some stuff together, and then and then you go away and do some thinking on your own. And if there were just two of you together, you could probably um, you know have all the conversation together. But um, the other way it's worked, and, and I've used it a number of times now, is uh, to uh, get together a group of uh, ten or fifteen or twenty people um, and to lead it from the front. Uh, there are there's lots of leaders' notes in the back of the book. Um, so the leader should have everything they need, uh, and that helps them uh, lead a session with a mixture of stuff from the front, uh, Bible study questions to discuss in groups, and application questions to discuss in groups uh, that lead people through the process of uh, what's really going on in my life, how am I responding to it, why am I responding in that way, how does the cross, how does the, the gospel challenge the attitudes that are in my heart. And then as they start to change, how might my behavior change? Mm-hmm. Why is it important to talk about personal change in a group setting? I, I grew up in a home where you, you really didn't talk about personal matters. You didn't expose those things that were going on in your life. And I don't know if my mom, if it was an image thing or you just didn't trust people and what they would do with that information. Uh, can you give us a story on, uh, you know, being able to share those personal things, <laughs> why it why it is so significant to be able to to share that? And I love what you said, like, how am I responding to these things when they're not going my way? Um, to have an and accountability partner is a strong word. It's, I like to look at it as this is who you're doing life with. Yeah, I like, I like that too. Um, 
Well, even the example of taking out the trash, you know, I, I always find when I've shared that with a little group of people that, um, you know, most of the blokes there are, are nodding and laughing like it's something that's happened to them most weeks of their married lives anyway, and they, they've never really thought about it. It's just sort of happened. Um, when you're talking in a group with other people, uh, you, 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 you get to realise that you're not weird, that we're all the same, uh, that the, the promises that God has made to us apply to all of us in just the same ways. Um, I think uh, that's, the, that's the first reason why, why, why groups are really helpful, because um, you, you, you realise that there's, there's more similar between us than we realise. The second thing is that I think it's the way that God has made us. There's a lot in the Bible about stuff we do for one another. Um, there's a lot about encouraging one another. Um, there's a lot about speaking truth in love to one another. There's a lot about um, the need for um, the, the need that I have to have someone else explain something to me because uh, I don't get it my, myself. And uh, I mean, you, you said you, you grew up in a family uh, where you didn't talk about those details. I, I sometimes wonder if I'm growing up in a country where that's true. Um, I think English people tend to be pretty reserved. Um, and uh, it's, it feels like a big step to start letting on the moments of life where we've got irritated, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've snapped at the kids, um, you know, when uh, really I wanted to be uh, left on my own, but um, a child come bouncing, it came bouncing up onto my lap and to my shame, I pushed them off, you know, that, that kind of, um, that kind of openness, uh, it, it keeps, I don't know, we have the expression in, in soccer anyway, uh, we play each other on side, uh, we, um, we, we say, okay, so we're all in the same kinds of need and, and, and maybe, just maybe, the gospel is written for people who are exactly like us. I, I'm letting that, that sink in. We, we, we just have a, a couple of minutes before we go into a commercial mm. break. But I'm, I'm curious, Andrew, if there is a time, I, I've been in life groups, you know, I've, mm. I've gone to my, my church now, you know, 30 years that, at this church, well, not quite 30, but uh, how are you able to start out almost challenging others? Let's really be authentic here. Let's let's mm -hmm. be transparent because I have been in life groups where you feel that people are being real with each other and then you find yeah. out, oh, yeah, so-and-so has been a sex addict now for five years. <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you go, okay, mm -hmm. this was a time where we were supposed to come together and be there and, and help yeah. each other out. So, so we just have one minute. Is there a tip to share with our listeners of how you can go in challenging each other to be a little bit more transparent? The only way I know how to start that is to start by sharing your own weaknesses because no one wants to hear it from someone who, who, who isn't weak themselves. If we can start by saying, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, then... Um, we create a culture where it's easier for other people to face the things they're struggling with. Well, on that note, that, that is such a great tip. This is what I'm struggle, struggling with. I'm going to be real with you. So hopefully we could all come to the table and be real with each other. And with that, we're going to take a commercial break and then we will be right back.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The most effective way to manage the risk of diabetes is through a good, healthy diet and daily exercise. But you may be happy to learn that coffee can also reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. The Archives of Internal Medicine published a study where researchers found that each additional cup of regular coffee consumed each day cut the risk of developing type 2 diabetes by 7%. They found that those who drank 3 to 4 cups a day had a 25% lower risk than those who drank 2 cups a day or less. As far as decaf is concerned, those who drank 3 to 4 cups per day lowered their risk by one-third compared to those who drank none. Even tea drinkers saw a 20% lower risk if they consumed 3 to 4 cups daily compared to those that did not drink tea. So pour that extra cup of java and enjoy. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. have been chatting with Andrew Nichols, co-editor of Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. Andrew is a former doctor and pastor who is now director of pastoral care at Oak Hill Theological College in London. And Andrew, we just went into the commercial break where you were sharing with us, you know, so many times we meet together and we call it a life group and we're trying to do life together, but Mm -hmm. nobody's really... Um, opening up. It's kind of just another thing that we check off and, and we want to have the fun aspect of it, but we're not going to be real. Uh, we, we come there and we listen to what other people are sharing, but there's no way I'm sharing my struggles. <laughs> and yeah. I love your tip. It's like, okay, we have to go there. If you're leading that group, you know, be the role model, share your struggles, share your weaknesses, make sure you're being transparent. Otherwise, yeah. we truly all show up plastic and, and, that's it. and, I, and I, I, we've just joined a new church because we moved from, from Wimbledon to, to North London uh, for this new job. And so we've just joined a growth group uh, in our church, um, home group. And I am loving the experience of being in a group without being responsible for leading it um, because I've been a pastor for 15 years. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just there. And, I, and I've found it difficult to work out. Um, how much to say, you know, try, trying to be normal, basically, like everybody else is completely used to. Um, and I, I asked um, one of the leaders this week, I said, am I, am I saying too much? And she said, no, no, you're talking about yourself, and it's so helpful. And um, 
And obviously, that can be a really unhelpful way in talking about myself all the time and making it all about me. But what she meant was that, you know, when we were reading about how Jesus um, uh, tells us that he cares about us, um, I, I was just sharing how uh, I found it really hard to remember that. When I was meeting someone who wasn't a Christian and I was maybe a bit concerned, if I, if I start trying to share the gospel with them, I start to tell them what's really important to me, what will they think of me? Just to remember that Jesus is caring for me right then. I'm okay, I'm safe. To share that uh, was really helpful. It gives other people a chance to... So that's, uh, that's, that's a little example of what I, what I mean, that um, it's not talking about myself per se. It's just being willing to say, I find this really hard, I struggle, and that makes it other people say, yeah, that's me too. Mm. I Just last Sunday, my group of college girls, uh, they, they each come to the table and prepare a lesson and this this one gal, she wanted to um, prepare a lesson, and she didn't know what to say. And I and I told her exactly what you just said. I said, "Share you," mm. because she has just this crazy background of foster care and adoption, and then you know being adopted into a crazy family. And, yeah. and uh, she did. She she was so transparent, and and she ended up sharing, and it was beautiful. But that was her point. She goes, I'm not ready to share me because, and I, and what you just said, like, what is normal? Because yeah. she thought hers was so abnormal that yeah. I, great, you're, you're encouraging me to share and I'm going to be the freak show that's yeah. here. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's like, no, the, everybody has their abnormalcy and their quirkiness. Yeah. And I, I love that. Just Jesus is caring for you right now. And because she did choose to share it, it did. It opened up some amazing mm. stories that came out. And it really gels the group. It's like yeah. Jesus glue. You know, they're like stuck together yeah. now. And it's it's really cool when you when you see that and you yeah. get to be part of it. It is. And, uh, you know, sometimes someone like that, it takes someone like that with courage like that to, to really change the tone in a group. I remember a group in which... Uh, someone had got caught up in something that was really difficult and it had a massive effect on their family and they didn't know how to talk about it with the group. And I went with them to the group and just to sit beside him while he tried to share something with the group. Mm -hmm. And that the, the night he did that was the night that uh, someone else in the group shared something that they'd done that had been really hard for the first time and everybody else realised um, uh, that you could, you could do group at a completely different level. You could talk about what was really going on instead of... Um, just what the Bible means and uh, how we're going to pray for each other. Uh, and it was a, it like a, a whole gear shift. Mm. Well, my next question, how do you hope pastors and, you know, the body of Christ within the church uh, will use this book? How do you truly use this as discipleship? Well, again, I, I think that um, if you're, uh, looking for a tool to help yourself and someone else uh, look again at, at how we really make steps forward in the Christian life, this would be a great way to do that. And um, a pastor or um, someone with a few years' experience could could lead a little group. Um, the, the 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 challenge is always getting the first one up and running. Um, and it might be that a really good way to do it first would be one-to-one, -one, just two people sitting down together, get familiar with the material. I think if someone's going to lead a group 
they really do need to have been through the material. So they're leading, um, as it were, by example, they're leading from inside. They know where it's going, they know how it works. Um, but I think you only need to have gone through it once with someone in order to do that. Um, and it could be that a, a, a pastor picks it up and runs with it. It could be that um, someone in a group, if, if you're in a church where the group has freedom to decide what it does, it could be that um, someone brings it to the group and the group decides to do it together. Uh, I've known churches where they've decided that the whole small group program are just going to do it for a term um, or a semester or whatever, a few, we a few weeks. Um, so there are lots and lots of different ways of doing it. I think I think my advice would be start small, um, get that one or two people get familiar with the material first, and then um, see what works next in your situation. Um, uh, it's it's always worth um, you know letting the pastor see stuff um, if they're not going to be personally involved, uh, but um, so they get a chance to to own it, get excited about it, work out how it can serve the whole of the rest of the congregation, but um it, it's the kind of thing that can work on any kind of scale from across the whole church down to just uh, little 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 pairs meeting up here and there okay i have an awkward question for you now so you you can, you can get ready for this and and lean into it so or you can just say i pass i don't want to <laughs> okay when you know just leading so many bible studies and and groups this is something that i struggle with and i'm mm. just being transparent here mm -hmm. you know jesus was so willing to to deal with the misfits and what mm -hmm. so many other people would just dismiss them but jesus was right there obviously loving everyone which is yeah. what we're commanded to do and then when you get that misfit in your group who mm -hmm. literally it it takes away from the conversation, it takes away from what you really want to do. And there's a part of you that goes, all right, you're Satan. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're just not someone I want to deal with here. And you cringe when they show up. Uh, what, what's some tips on that? Some advice to our listeners that are dealing with that right now that are going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this person. Yeah, uh, I've been there. And um the thing, the thing that I've, I've learned, I suppose, a bit more recently is, you know, I say I believe in a sovereign God. And that means that I need to try and find it in my heart to believe that, not that they have shown up and um, it's, you know, that, that either it, it's Satan doing it. I have to say, God has brought this person. <laughs> and um, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that God intends me to um, let them run the group if they want to run the group or take over the whole agenda if they want to take over the whole agenda. But means that uh, God is behind this. God is gathering them. God has a purpose in their being here. And um, that's, that's, that's a kind of step one. It doesn't necessarily tell me what to do, but it, it, it tells me to look to God for help because he has a purpose that he's working in their life and in ours. And I think that links on to the second thing, you know, that when we find people awkward, that's one of the situations that God leads us through because he wants us to learn stuff about us. Um, he doesn't just want to think about, how do I sort them out with all of the with all of the problems that I see so clearly? I think in their life, um, it is uh, how does God intend me to to shift gear? How does God intend me to uh, think differently about um, the group, about Him, about Christianity? You know, the end of one Corinthians twelve talks about um, God bringing people into the church who who are special. Uh, they 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 need special care. They need special honor. 
Uh, and he, that's how he wants us to think about people who we might label misfit. Actually, it's a, it's a God fit. God fit them uh, mm -hmm. into our group, into our situation, into our lives. And if we start with that attitude, when we might start thinking about kinds of wonderful ways of of, of uh, helping them, we might we might it might include saying, okay, why don't we make a group just for you? Um, uh, but we'll find a few people who've got a little bit of time, uh, and that means that it won't be one person who gets worn out every week, but um, four or five people who can share it and pray that that person gets to see. Um, other people interacting and learn maybe more about what what it might look like to fit better but the group doesn't um it's not like there are other people in the group who are uh who you might feel your agenda with them was being hijacked Does that makes sense yes and and that is such a great word when you truly feel like it it is being hijacked yeah. and that that is hard and yeah all you can do is really Beg God to show up. And and I, I like what you said. It might even mean connecting them to other people because they might seem um, like they are hijacking the group, but there might be a group perfect for them. Yeah. And um, praying for, for that to take place. Yeah. Maybe God will bring that person, another person that they can connect and um, move, move forward. But yeah. especially to see what... God is is doing in your life and maybe what you're supposed to be learning from from yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we have a minute before we go into another uh, commercial break. Mm -hmm. And in that minute, will you just tell us, Andrew, exactly how we can find you, how we can go get this book and anything else that we need to know in less than a minute? <laughs> Well, uh, you can find it. It's published by New Growth Press, and you'll find it on their website. Uh, it's also on Amazon.com, Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. And everything you need to know to run the course is in the book. Um, you don't need to get any other DVDs. You don't need to get any other resources. Uh, you'll find it there. The front half is the study guide. The back half is the leader's notes. Um, and you just get as many copies one per member of the group. Awesome. And once again, that book is Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. And with that, if you do not have a, a, a study that you're using right now, run and grab This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Harvard Medical School reports that four out of five Americans are plagued with a debilitating and sometimes excruciating low back pain at some point in their lives. Strengthening your core is one of the best ways to prevent low back pain. Your core muscles are often referred to as your powerhouse because almost all the movements of your body engage your core. A strong core stabilizes your back as well as enhancing your balance. A sturdy, flexible core fortifies almost everything that you do and helps prevent falls and injuries during sports and other activities. To keep low back pain absent from your body, concentrate on exercises that strengthen your core. Live healthy, strong, and pain-free. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Chatting with Andrew Nichols, co-editor of Real Change, Becoming More Like Jesus in Everyday Life. Andrew's a former doctor and pastor who is now director of pastoral care at Oak Hill Theological College in London. And Andrew, you were you were sharing with us um, before we went into the commercial break about where you could find uh, this book and how it it helps in discipleship, how you use it in the church. Do you have some stories of just, you know, some of the results or some outcome in, in the, some of the study groups that have used this book where they've come to you and said, wow, Andrew, I had this going on in my life and because of this book, X, Y, Z happened. Would you be able to share some of that without giving yeah. too much detail. Yeah. So um, I've had, um, in the last time we, we ran the course at church, there were a, a couple of mums who, who ended up in a, in a, in a pair discussing each week, the course went on each of the six weeks and um, they ended up talking about similar things in their family. They were talking about um, what it was like to be a mum of young kids. And one of them was sharing um, that she just found her, her patience was so short um, that uh it had got to the point where I guess she wasn't sleeping well herself. She felt like her resources were low and it took a very little thing from one or other of her children to, to kick off. And uh, she had basically one way to respond, which was a bit snappy and she didn't like what she was doing, but she didn't know how to, um, how to understand what was going wrong and how to begin to put it right. And uh, one of the, one of the beautiful things that happened during the course was that she just fell into conversation with this other mum who, uh, because of the way the course was set up, was giving her time to talk about what was going on, to listen to it. Um, and they talked together about um, how her relationship with God, um, how the fact that uh, God had entrusted her with these kids, how the fact that um, God was not getting as fed up with her as she was getting fed up with herself, um, that, that God loved her, that as often as she came back to him, he would uh, receive her and just be delighted and forgive her and wanted to help her. And those kinds of conversations, thinking about um, uh, the kinds of things that she was really caring about when her children were misbehaving, um, that 
she began to care a bit, little bit less about. She was she was less worried that all the food stayed on the table, um, because she valued more the chance to encourage and um, and be gracious with her kids. And you know, the six week course um, is sometimes not long enough to see huge dramatic change, but when you see a little bit of a shift like that, and someone saying, "Yeah, meal times are a bit different now," uh, it's wonderful. Um, things like that. Um, uh, couples that um been married for years and had never had this kind of conversation between husband and wife um and on the course they started having this conversation with with someone else um but then between times they started talking about this uh with each other and they began talking much more openly about the things they were finding hard in life about why that was about how they could encourage each other and um so god has used this course to change um, some some really big patterns in life um, in a in a wonderful direction, um, and it's important to be realistic that you know you you can't bring everyone into the course saying I'll oh, come for six weeks and um, by the end of this you'll be so nearly like Christ you'll be almost ready for the new creation. But <laughs> what you can say is God will be at work. He's promised. Um, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. It does not just mean he's going to do nothing until the day Jesus comes back and then fix it all at once. It means that today he's at work all the time in everything. And to begin to think, oh, so that means mealtime's going to look different. Oh, so that means I can have a different kind of conversation with my wife. Um, that's wonderful. I mean, it's so exciting as, a, as, a, as someone in ministry that, that that's the kind of change that happened to me when I first came across this material. And then to find other people uh, sharing that is, has been wonderful. It, well, especially when you when you are able to find others that you can share that with. And I yeah. remember when um, 40 Days of Purpose first came out mm-hmm. and our church did it as, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about this is life changing. And I read this book expecting, you know, yeah, to start walking on water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, I thought, okay, I'm not feeling it. Like it wasn't this life-changing experience. But then later on, I realized it really had tweaked some of the things that I was doing, especially in in ministry, because I was seeing beyond today or yesterday. I was really able to look forward. But you might not really catch it at the time that you're going through the the study. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's significant that just yeah. it, it was talking about it, yeah. I, I think, is what really created that that bigger purpose. And I think yeah. what I think what this course tries to do is to help people talk about what's going on, but at the same time, link it to a conversation about the Lord and about the cross and about the gospel so that it's 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 not the conversation where you just, you know, download everything that's going on. And it's not a Bible study. It's a conversation which links the two. And, and in each of the sessions, you're, you're always going from one to the other. What's going on in life? Um, what, what does this part of the Bible say? And, and, and how do the things link up? It's the kind of thing that we're always trying to do in Bible study groups. At least we're always trying to do in the Bible study groups I've been leading for years. But it, it doesn't quite seem to happen. This, mm-hmm. this, um, what I like about this material is that it, it, it helps bridge that gap. And you talk about really deep theology. You, 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 you read about what's going on in the cross. You read about... Um, uh, uh, we, we, we printed a, an old hymn about the cross in there and asked people, you know, how do they respond to that? And then we think, all right, well, how does that feed into the issue you're working on in your life? Because each person on the course picks an issue which they bring back over the six weeks 
and it's that way you get to be a bit of, bit of change and you you get a feel for, for for how it works and then when the course finishes you can keep going what i, I like that where everyone brings an issue too because yeah then you really have to deal with your issue. <laughs> it's like, this is my scenario going on and I really yeah. need to un unpack it. I, that's, that's awesome. Uh, what are some things that as you were even editing this book that you just were like, man, I admire the leadership of Jesus or just who Jesus was. What were some of the things that you said it really stuck out to you? Um, he is extraordinarily humble and you know he has he has uh all the power of the creator of the universe um i mean it's 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 the way philippians 2 puts it he he emptied himself and made himself nothing and you know he is the leader of the universe he is the king of the universe who emptied himself and made himself nothing uh that's that's quite a leadership style to emulate um, you know, it's the same start when when um, when Paul writes to husbands about how to be a husband. Uh, he doesn't say be a head over your wife. He says uh, die for your wife, give yourself up for your wife. If you're asking about Jesus's leadership, um, yeah, his his power and authority are extraordinary, and you know we bow before that. But at the same time, um, he he lays himself down, and you know. Uh, a, a Bible study leader um, gets to do that. <laughs> they have to lead. They have to organize a group. They have to bring people together. They have to decide on the passage. They have to, you know, all of that stuff. But they get to lay themselves down. Uh, they get to do the hard work. They get to stop talking while somebody else shares. They get to throw away their study for the night because someone comes in tears and they have to, uh, you know, care for them. Um, and that all that's costly. Um, but leadership that is willing to lay themselves down for Jesus, uh, for the people in the group, uh, you know, we, we get to copy him in tiny little ways. Um, every time we're in conversation with someone, lay myself down, how can I love you? Uh, never mind um, what I'm thinking and worried about and caring about. Let me find out what you're worried about and caring about. Um, you know how when you're in conversation and someone someone's talking about something and you're just desperate to, to jump in and, and uh, say, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Um, just put that on hold for a little bit longer and ask a little bit more. Um, you know, that kind of practical love that, that is reflecting Jesus's character. All right. I, I'm actually typing away, Andrew. Those were such that I just got a little mini sermon there, I think. <laughs> it was really, really good. <laughs> I'm still a pastor at heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love that what you um, what you're saying, and especially when you're saying you know we have to lay ourselves down. And yeah. when you when you talked about even the person coming in and hijacking the group yeah. uh, as a leader, how you have to put all that aside, and when you're dying to talk because mm -hmm. people are sharing things that you just have so many absolutely fabulous stories that would fit in right when they're sharing and to be able to go, no, put yeah. duct tape on your mouth and <laughs> sit there and truly, truly just listen. So other people have that, that opportunity. I think that's such a great um, tip for our listeners out there to really see that, that 
we don't take enough time to look at how Jesus led and in his humbleness of truly being a servant leader, it's mm. kind of happening now. I don't know if it, if it's that way in Europe, but in America, we're focusing more in the corporate world on servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And as I'm reading some of these books, you just go, duh, this is how Jesus <laughs> yeah. did all the time. And we're finally figuring out that, the, you know, the Christian principles, the biblical principles of what God has been trying to tell us. So we, we have just about a minute and a half before we end the show. And I just want to tell you how delightful it has been to pick your brain and your insights of what you've shared with us today, and especially about this book. But in, in a, another minute here, what, what can you just leave us some tips to hang on to, to go out there and finish out our week, um, just focusing on some really neat things from, from your book or from scripture? What would be some tips here? Well, I would, I would uh, say a great way to get into what's, what we're trying to do with Real Change is uh, just pay attention to a, to a five-minute window of your life, something really normal where you're doing something which uh, strikes you is not quite right. You know, you're, you've, you've, you've flipped out with somebody, you've, you've made a gesture at someone through the car window, you've, <laughs> you've uh, taken out the trash and got grumpy about it. And, and just uh, sit for a moment and, pre- and ask God for help to think about what's really going on. And then try to work that in your relationship with him. Don't let all of the little minutes go by. We can't think about all of them, but just take one of them and sit with it and pray it through and uh, think about how God connects with you in that moment. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. And once again, real change, becoming more like Jesus. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 